This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. What happened there is, uh, first of all, something to uh, be celebrated for the excellence uh, of uh, the Canadian uh, forces in their training and their performance of their duties, uh, but also something to be understood as being entirely consistent with what Canada uh, is expected and Canadians expect our forces to be doing as part of the coalition against Daesh. Okay, that was earlier this week. That was a bunch of words strung together by the Prime Minister when asked about the fact that uh, we had a Canadian sniper, part of JTF2, our highly specialized forces. One of their snipers set a new record, took out a nice bad guy from, uh, what, about three and a half kilometers away. Pretty impressive. A lot of people notice that, well, wait a sec, because this is supposedly a non-combat mission. We've got our soldiers taking out bad guys. That's combat, isn't it? We brought the planes home. We don't want the planes dropping bombs on the bad guys. But I guess our snipers firing bullets at the bad guys, that's okay. So it's a little confusing. Now, we learned today that the federal government has instructed the military to remain in Iraq for two more years as part of this uh, anti-ISIS coalition. Okay, and I I think that's a positive. I do think this is in our interest. But, you know, there's certainly been some odd posturing from the liberals to try to continue this mission but frame it a different way. And I don't know that they've been entirely coherent on that. Joining us uh, for some further thoughts, our friend Matt Gurney joins us uh, with our chorus uh, sister station AM640 in Toronto. And he's got an opinion piece up at uh, globalnews.ca looking at some of these very issues. Matt, uh, thanks for making some time for us here. Always have time for you, old friend. Okay, so uh, this is a a non-combat mission, except when it's not. (laughs) Do we we have a good understanding as to, to how we're defining all of this? I mean, I'll, I'll just I'll open by saying, and I, I think you said it well. I mean, th- to be clear, this is something I support. I am one hundred and ten percent okay with Canadian snipers taking out Islamic State personnel. But I mean, t- to your question, no, I don't think this is something we have our head wrapped around here because, you know, we we have a, a non-combat mission where everyone from the prime minister on down has stressed that it's non-combat. And we also have Canadian forces proactively choosing to engage the enemy with lethal force. Now, I'm, I'm not un- unreasonable here. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, reaction to the column, and a lot of people have been saying, well, of course they're going to defend themselves. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I agree with that. Of course they must. But we have already had incidents during this conflict where Canadian advisors, Canadian trainers, Canadian special forces who are forward deployed, uh, illuminating targets for airstrikes, things like that. We know there have been previous incidents where they have had to uh, fire on the enemy in self-defense. That's what happens when you put combat forces near the front line. I get it. And you know what? If that's all that was happening, I wouldn't write a column about it because I don't actually think there's any problem having uh, defensive use of lethal force during a non-combat mission. No problem with that. But I get a little confused with this idea that, you know, part of our assist, you know, that's one of the words we use for this mission, advise and assist. So putting assist in quotes here, I'm not, given the definitions we seem to be using here to cover assistance, uh, you know, we're going to put, you know, forces armed with advanced long-range weapons right up by the front lines, and whenever they see an enemy force uh, that's threatening either us or our allies, we're going to engage them. I started thinking, you know, a definition of assist 
that is that broad, at a certain point becomes indistinguishable from a definition of combat. And look, obviously we don't have heavy units there. We're not throwing around armored regiments and infantry battalions. We're not sending heavy combat forces. We've pulled the jets out. So, you know, we can quibble and say that this is limited combat or this is combat only when necessary or this is combat under selective circumstances. But the important thing is, I think there is a meaningful and material difference between defending yourself when you are imminently under fire, when you are within rifle range of the enemy. You guys are eyeball to eyeball, and you open fire to protect yourself and your unit. I have no objections to that. I think it is a materially different thing to be proactively seeking out the enemy who could threaten friendly forces and then killing them. And again, I repeat myself, I think it's a great thing that we're doing this. I just would like the government to have a little more transparency in the full scope and nature of the mission. Yeah, I think that's a great point, because you can make the argument that, that any time you have uh, an armed opponent on the other side, any action you take is inherently defensive, but yeah. if you don't act, they'll get you. So being proactive is now the equivalent to being defensive. Well, one of the issues I raised in my column here, and, I, and again, I wasn't doing this to be churlish. Again, I 100% support the use of lethal force against the Islamic State. But in materially speaking here, I mean, what is the difference between a sniper killing an enemy uh, personnel, enemy personnel at a range of three and a half kilometers, as opposed to using artillery to do it, or a tank firing uh, tank, tank munitions, or an right. aircraft on a strafing or a bombing run. I mean, there are material differences. I mean, snipers are firing bullets instead of high-explosive ordnance. Uh, and, I mean, it's a hell of a lot more impressive to do with a rifle at three and a half kilometers than it is with a piece of artillery. But in general, I mean, philosophically, what's the difference here? And I, I think Canadians will understand that this government in particular, this government that felt compelled to pull out the CF-18 jets, would probably, if the if the previous government under Mr. Harper was still in power, if we'd sent artillery tanks and kept the jets in there, the liberals probably would have called that, you know, combat. But now when we have sniper teams out there doing the exact same thing with sniper rifles instead of jets, it's not combat, it's assisting. And the point I was making in my column is not that this is wrong, it's not that, that it's inappropriate, it's not that I'm angry at the government for doing this. If they're if they're coming around to the opinion I've already had where we should be combating ISIS, I'd be delighted. I'm not going to gloat. I think that would be a wonderful thing. But one of the points I've made is that Canadians already have a fairly low literacy when it comes to defense matters. We are not a country that in general understands its armed forces well. We are not a country, I think, in general that understands geopolitics well. And I think when we have governments insisting that we're not in a combat mission, we're in a non-combat mission where we forward deploy enemy force, uh, our forces very close to the front lines and give them permission to engage the enemy whenever necessary to assist an advancing allied unit, at a certain point, I'm fairly knowledgeable of military affairs, and I'm throwing my hands up in the air going, I don't know what the hell we're talking about anymore. And I don't think we're doing ourselves any favors when we start splitting definitions quite this finely. To me, combat's a fairly binary thing. Unless you're actually shooting in direct self-defense, which no one would object to, you're either in it or you're not, and it looks to me like we're in it. Yeah. Look, we're dealing with politicians, so politics is inevitable. I think even the conservatives, they wanted to back the other parties into a corner, that they stood for security, the other parties didn't. I mean, credit to both the conservatives and liberals for saying, you know, this is a coalition we should be a part of, but we're seeing politics here as well, aren't we? That the, the liberals are, are afraid to portray this a certain way, that they want to be different from Harper, but, you know, still in their own kind of unique, modern, liberal, peacekeeping way. Yeah, look, there's always politics on this, and there's politics of it on both sides, but I think the conservative politics were 
more consistent. I mean, my criticisms of the former Prime Minister, Mr. Harper, and, and his party, and that there were many, but they included the fact that we often did not live up to our rhetoric, where we would, we would talk very, very tough, and then we'd swing an awfully small stick. And that's what I was critical of them of. I mean, I, I would have liked to have seen a much larger Canadian contribution to the coalition against the Islamic State. But at least their political standpoints were consistent with what they were doing. Probably not on the same scale, but they weren't contradictory. And I think the Liberals, as I noted in my column, they declared early, even before the last election in 2015, and I'm quoting right from their election platform here, we will end the combat mission in Iraq. Okay, so how do you do that? As far as I can tell, we're doing more or less the same thing. Now we're doing it with sniper teams instead of jets. So how do you end the combat mission? You call it something other than a combat mission, and just like that, boom, you've ended it. How flexible do you think we are going forward? Uh, because the, the mission may change. The mission may evolve. We've got, obviously, a, a new president uh, in the United States, and he might have different ideas on, on what's needed to take on ISIS. Do the liberals need to be more flexible on this? Well, we're already seeing some degree of flexibility, uh, or at least hints of it. I mean, the, the recent speeches, we're going back a few weeks now, by uh, the Minister of National Defense, uh, Harjit Sajjan, who had some very tough and surprisingly honest, I felt, talk about the state of the armed forces. I think that's a change. I think what we're hearing from the uh, Foreign Affairs Minister, Christian Freeland, also very revealing in, the, in its different scope and tone. So I think there's changes on that front. How do those, well, there's two remaining issues, though. How do those changes actually translate directly into the war against the Islamic State? I don't know. It seems to me that the Islamic State is not collapsing literally, but is certainly back on its heels a bit. So I'm not sure we're going to need to really ramp up things more than they already are. Local forces are getting better. They're becoming stronger. Uh, the, the coalition is hammering them on every front. We seem to be doing all we need to do to bring this fight to an end. The real question I have, and it's broader than just this one terror group or this one caliphate or this one war we're involved in, is whether or not we're really going to stick to this new direction we're going in here. And again, I like what the liberals are doing here. I like the fact that we have some of the best snipers in the world, and I like that we're using them against some really detestable scumbags, if I may quote a former Canadian general. I think that's a great use of our manpower. Will this government stick to it? I hope so. But every once in a while, Canadian governments, when, especially when it comes to military matters, we can do some really weird stuff, and I'm kind of afraid we might revert back to that mean. Yeah, good point. Uh, globalnews.ca, folks can find your piece there. Matt, uh, appreciate this. Thanks for making some time for us here. Hey, anytime. Happy Canada Day. Yeah, to you as well, Matt. Take care. Matt Gurney, uh, mornings on AM 640 in Toronto, globalnews.ca. You can find his piece, of course, you know, Matt, from years of the National Post as well. So some excellent points from him. You know, I mean, case in point was the pledge to bring the planes home. Why are we doing that? Well, we're going to do something different. Okay, but why? I mean, it just seemed to be difference for the sake of being different. The liberals still want to be a part of this mission. We're just going to change it somewhat. Well, why? Eh, just because. Now, look, in fairness, sure. I'm sure Prime Minister Tom Mulcair would have brought everybody home. All the planes, all the snipers, all the Canadians, period. Well, okay, I mean, at least that's consistent. I don't agree with that approach. So, again, I mean, credit to the Liberals for seeing some value in this mission, that it is in, Canadian, in the Canadian interest. But why the weird posturing? You know, this, this weird definition of what's combat and what's not. So we're going to end the combat mission because our planes are dropping bombs on bad guys, but it's not combat when our snipers are dropping bullets on the bad guys, right? It, it's, it's inherently inconsistent. 
Well, maybe that's par for the course with these guys, though, unfortunately. 403-974-8255 is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.